0: this morning in your hand, a very powerful tool to bring about what God has promised you. Uh, this tool is indispensable. it been around for a long time. It's incredibly effective. But like many tools you may have in your own home, when you don't use them or don't have an occasion to, you can forget how powerful they are. I wanna put that tool in your hand today. And so I want you to go um, to the scriptures with me as this is a a Sunday that we celebrate the Lord's table, amen. And we do so because it's what the Lord told us to do. It's what he commanded, he didn't ask us, he commanded us to do it. And he had reasons for, for commanding us to commune together in his name, in remembrance of him. Um, Wouldn't it be horrible for you to have a situation that needed to be solved? You tried all the other tools and none of them are working and the tool you really need is the one that is in the toolbox, um, down at the bottom, just not thought of that much. And after you've thrown out all these things trying to make this trying to solve the problem you discover oh wow, wow there it is right there it's have you ever had a job that, that needed as a precise tool and you 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 couldn't find what you wanted to so use everything else to try to get it done has anybody ever had that experience not all of you work with tools all right I get it but it is frustrating to try, have you ever tried to change a car tire and you don't have a tire iron? I'm sorry, those are the days that you used to have to change it yourself. i maybe I'm just, uh, maybe I'm acquiescing too far back. Anybody here ever changed a tire? A Couple of people. The rest of you, I guess you, you got, you got no pop tires, right? Triple like A, so there it is, there it is. Well, it used to be a time, Fred, when, it, you know, it was common to see people pull over the side of the road and they had this, this uh, tire iron. If it was a, a single one, had a one bend and it would fit around the lug nuts. But, say it again. Say it again. Yeah. Lug nuts, yes, uh-huh. And, uh, and the other one had four, like a cross. Remember that one? And on each end there was a... <laughs> That's the one I like because when you put that on there, put that on here, jerk it down, get on here, swing that thing around, right? Okay. It was so powerful. That tool was so powerful that when you put it on your, on on your, tighten your, tighten the, the lugs back on the, on the on the good tire. That thing was so you could strip it if you if you didn't watch yourself because it had leverage. Yeah. How you gonna get the tire up there though jack who knows what a jack is lord have mercy amen now there used to be the jacks were all uh, leverage jacks that you know you had to slide that deal right and fit it right there to get it right up under the you got to get it in the right place right and then you get then you have to have a a, a tire iron or something to stick in there and eh, eh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you have to make sure that the, the bottom of the jack is flat on the ground. Because if it's not, you're in trouble. And that your brakes are on. Amen. Woo Then they came out with these hydraulic jacks. I want to preach about jacks. And the hydraulic, I really like the hydraulic hydraulic jacks. Little bitty thing, you know. It don't look like nothing, but that thing is powerful because the, the power is compacted in the jack. So when you lever it, it just raises it It's awesome. I, most cars weigh about 2,000 pounds. 3,000 a day? 3,000 pounds a day? You're lifting up at least a quarter of it. The right tools can get the job done. Boy, it's pitiful when you ain't got the tools, huh? Unfortunately, the body of Christ has not acknowledged this tool the way it should be acknowledged, nor used it the way it needs to be used because its purpose is powerful. I should read for you what its purpose is. And if you go to 1 Corinthians, I'm going to read it for you. And Kenny, that's 1 Corinthians. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 through 32. The Apostle Paul, he knew the power of this tool. In fact, when he was writing the Corinthian church, he was trying to educate them, help them to understand, as we need education, to understand the power of it. Because every single one of you here today has this tool available to you. It may be that tradition may have made the tool so common that the, the commonality of it extracts the power from it. So you don't know how powerful it is. We do this all the time. In our church, we, we have a, a tradition of first Sundays are the first Sundays that we receive the table of the Lord. We call it communion or communion Sunday. Some denominations call it the Eucharist, which means the thanksgiving. Paul wanted them to understand how powerful it was for their good and mistreated how powerful it was for their ill. Today, I want you to receive it as the power of God to bring about what God has always wanted in our lives. I honor the word of the Lord today. Use this tool to enter that door a higher level of performance, a higher level of ministry. Use this tool today to walk into the inheritance that God has already prepared for you. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread, this bread, or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. That's the downside. I want to read that to you first to help you understand how weighty this is. Now it becomes light to many, unfortunately, much of the body of Christ, many too much, too much of the body of Christ takes this too lightly and by not understanding it, have not extracted the power from it, instead, receiving the negative that goes along with it. I I hope to help you understand in a moment. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord, the Apostle Paul says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night which he was betrayed, he, and this is always common in every time this is mentioned, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks he broke the bread and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me and always the bread first always the bread first whether you're talking about Matthew 26 Matthew 26 26 while they were eating Jesus took some bread Notice, it's, he's consistent with it every time. He took some bread. Afterward, he blessed that bread. He broke that bread. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body. This is my body. And when he had taken the cup, I don't want to go past the bread first. In Mark chapter 14, in verse 32, it's at verse 22, excuse me, 14, 22. While they were eating together, notice that it was their common way to eat together. And by the way, I have a new appreciation for eating together. I just came back from our first major official Johnson family reunion. It was amazing. It was amazing. And, uh, and, 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 and one of us, uh, Dee, Dee she set up this whole big room and, and uh, it was uh, many tables, we put all the tables together. So in a big square, all of us were sitting around the tables. And, uh, I was reminded of the series that the Lord put in my heart. There's nothing more important to God than family. Look at your your neighbor. Maybe it's part of your family member. If it's part of your family member, say, there is nothing more important than family. Come on, tell them. Look them in the eyes. Nothing more important to God than family. In Mark chapter 14, verse 22, it's the same pattern. He took, while they were eating, while they were eating. Yeah, that's where it was. While they were eating, and eating is something very precious. I want you to see, eating differently than you ever have before and that's why it's it's you know you might need the Lord to touch your heart if you feel better about eating by yourself than eating with other people because if you eat by yourself you eat what you want nobody looking at you like should you eat that You don't, have to, you don't have to experience the guilt of what other people thinking about you when you had, your plate is full and overflowing and dripping off the side. At this family reunion, I, I confess, I ate everything I could. I said, oh, yes, that's good. And I said, OK. I knew, I, I knew fast was coming, and I just indulged. And we ate, and we ate, and we ate, and we ate. And we ate. But if you eat by yourself, uh, people who enjoy eating by themselves there's something wrong with them. Come on, you're going to go there? Yeah. If you enjoy, I said, if you enjoy eating by yourself all the time, okay, I put that phrase in there to help you. All the time, there's something wrong with you. Look around and say, there's something wrong with you. If you'll notice in the scripture, when the Bible talks about eating, usually it's in the presence of somebody else. If you look at Jesus' life, you never see Jesus eating alone. He's always eating with the disciples. I'm convinced that God created eating for each other. There's something about it. It's it's almost a mystery, kind of like what it is to be able to to converse and to enjoy the same thing. It's It's a very powerful thing. Hey, I'm sorry, but did you know, did you not know that the scripture begins with eating and ends with eating? Not Adam, not Eve by, them, by themselves, but together. They ate of the apple in the beginning, right? At the end of the scripture revelation, guess what? It's the marriage supper of the lamb and we part in and we are together eating together. Forgive me, but I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm, on, a, I'm on a little bit of a, what do you call that when you stand on the stool? And, i'm on a little bit of a soapbox this morning i'm trying to get the body of christ i'm trying to get families to rediscover something fantastic god gave to us and that's our eating together and most families are not together because they don't eat together but excuse me you somebody said if, if you pray together the family that prays together stays together i don't believe that i think the family that eats together stays together and while you're eating you pray Forgive me, but if, if you eat um, and, and, and if you go to the pot and you go to your own corner, look at your neighbor and say, there's something wrong with you. God in, invented eating and the joy of it to be shared. You know what? You can have a great meal. You can have a great meal. I mean, one of the best meals you ever had. But if you have it alone, it's not as good. JT, am I right? He you said, know, "Oh, these ribs! Oh, these ribs are so good." But what they, when they really become good, if somebody's sitting across to you. They ain't got ribs. They wish you had. They had ribs, and it, you know, I mean, it, it, it's a whole different ball game when you're in the presence of someone else. So, if I have an occasion to go with my grandson, when we go to, we're at, we have occasion when I'm with him, it's, oh, we're going to get something to eat. Do you understand? If a man wants to change the atmosphere between he and his wife, go get something to eat. I'm trying to help y'all this morning, really. If you're estranged from someone in your family, one of the ways, one of the steps of getting back together again is go get something to eat and make sure it's good. Don't go to McDonald's. Go, Go get something to eat. When you are away from your family, you're at school by yourself, you always try to, you know, in this break time, you're always looking for somebody that you can eat with. You know, one of the things that makes family family is what we are partaking together. I'd like you to rediscover it. I'm gonna ask you to, I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit over your life to give you that revelation that that you rediscover how important Eating times are. If you have a family and everybody's at the table and except that one child, you know there's a problem... Ooh. Ooh. The Bible says, while they were eating, because this was their way, they ate together. They broke bread. They were not afraid of COVID. They actually, they actually tore the bread off and hand tore the bread off. Wow! I don't know if I'm gonna go there or not. You know, some. <laughs> well, I, I knew that my son-in-law was gonna be all right when I, when when I, 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 I when we ate out of the same plate. He didn't know I was testing him, but you know, if I could eat some, he eat some. Okay, he gonna be all right. okay while they were eating he took some bread and then he blessed that bread and then he broke that bread and then he gave that bread the pattern is the same in Luke chapter 22 and verse 19 for those of you that record in Luke 22 in verse 19 and when he had taken some bread and given thanks that's the same as the blessing he broke it and he gave it to them for those of you that need to see the, how the significance in what he did if your life his life, Jesus' life was as bread to the nations the scripture says It's the Father God that took His life, blessed His life, broke His life, and then gave His life. This is the pattern that God does with His children. And many of you have been resisting not understanding what God is doing. He gets your attention. He's the one that takes you in hand when you say yes to the Lord. He's the one that blesses your life. He's the one that causes, that allows brokenness to come to your life. Because until that old flesh attitude is broken, you're not worthy of being given. This is what God is doing to the body of Christ right now. He took us by the good news took us out of, the, out of the hand of the enemy, out of the, the kingdom of darkness. He took us. We had to say yes, but he took us. How many of you know he took your life? We had to give it, and when we gave our life, we said yes, he took it. And then he started raining blessings over you. Stop the curses. Brought forth healing. He began mending relationships for you. Making sure that the opportunities were there. And when you took them, increased your income and your livelihood. He takes you. He blesses you. And as everyone goes through, the, in, in your walk with God, there will be a time when things are, are, are broken. Some of you are in that cycle right now, in the broken cycle. When she said, how many of you, just like one thing after another. What God is doing is breaking you and I up from trusting in the flesh. When it doesn't go right, also, it's, it's our opportunity for our faith to grow. So when things are not going right for you, will you still believe Him and trust Him and obey Him when things are not going right for you? And stop defining your life by your circumstances. If you want to find yourself, find Christ. For He's the one that created you. He knows how He made you. He knows what works he's already prepared for you to do. Don't look for yourself in your sex. Your sex is just a part of you, which God assigns, by the way. And he doesn't make the God of creation does not tell your neighbor. The God of creation does not and cannot make mistakes. Tell him, tell him. I don't care how you feel. Your feelings are fickle. If you're going through a, se- a season where you, you're not feeling yourself, <laughs> it doesn't mean yourself is not yourself. It just means you ain't feeling it. And your feelings change. Do not relegate. Do not do not make decisions for your life based on how you feel today. This culture has elevated feelings to the same, to the same status as facts. Whew. May the Holy Spirit help you to understand what he's spoken to you and what he said to you. Those are the facts. They are the truth. And that will not change. You hold on. When you're broken, you hold on to what he said while your feelings are going crazy. While your feelings are all over the place. And we live in a culture right now that that actually feeds on our feelings. And, And the culture works hard at manipulating our feelings. We even judge how we're doing by how we feel. We ask stupid questions. How do you feel today? What a dumb question. If I gave you the truth, I'd say i feel like knocking you out. But I don't go by that, thank God, thank God. Are Are you guys breathing? If you have been caught in the web of living your life by how you feel, God break that thing off of your life today. When you take His bread and when you drink His blood, His body, His blood, may that be broken off of your life so you'll understand that I am who I am because God made me who I am and it's okay with God. By the way, this, 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 um, this crisis came in my life in the early, in the earlier years when, uh, when, I, when a human being inside of a body that's co- that, the cover of my body happened to be dark-skinned. So I thought I was to relate to my life according to my dark skin. Are you crazy? Do you know what that means? You're in a <laughs> you're in deep waste amen when you judge yourself when the culture how the culture how the culture creates blackness lord have mercy and why did they call it blackness why do they call it brownness and I was caught in the web and I said Lord I I cried out to God I said God what do I do because I had people trying to recruit me into the Black Panther Party I had people pointing out every injustice that was going on in the world none of it was going on with me but it was in the world and so I I, I was what, what do I do the Lord spoke to me he said I said Lord uh, you know what am you know, black? What what am I? He was very clear with me. He said, "You're my son." Ooh. 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 He said, "You're my son." What? You're my son, man. When I got that, when I got that, you're my son. <coughs> I didn't have to be. I happened. He happened to wrap me in this color. And by the way, it pleased him to wrap me in this color. It pleased him to give me my personality and my body shape with my with my my voice tone with my no hair. Hallelujah! Used to have hair. He, he, he chose that. That's the person he was. He had created, and it was great and fine with him. And if you don't like it. You know where you can stick it. (laughs) If I were to live by that color, I would really be a problem because there were folks in my college who were darker than I was and they told me I wasn't black enough. (laughs) I'm so glad you think that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, can you you understand the stupidity of that statement? I'm not black enough for what? To hide at night? What are you talking about? And Many of us have been caught. We've been caught in the trap of the color of our skin because we've been responding to the culture. When God said, you're my son, it changed my life. And and notice he didn't say, you're my boy. He said, you're my son. And then later on as I was praying, the Lord Lord had me pray, Lord, I am your man. I'm your man. I belong to you. How I live, how I walk, what I say, what I do is about you. And I'm good with that. I'm good with being a man of God. I'm good with being a son of God that happens, to have darker skin. Somebody said to me, oh, Bishop, you two shades darker. Am I black enough yet? <laughs> we, act like, we act like prejudice against skin color is something only in our day. Are you crazy? All through history, in all cultures, it's the same stuff, excuse me, same sin. Tell your brother, tell your sister, it's sin, not skin. It's sin, not skin. And the, one of the worst sins are the sins of comparison. One of the worst sins in the world. Because God chose, and he did not choose wrong. He chose right. But I did want to help you understand that, that when he said son, it meant I'm in his family. And Jesus, when he's sitting around the table with his disciples, he sees them as his family. And so he takes the bread, which is your life, he blesses the bread, then he breaks the bread. So it is sure that you become sure that you, your faith is in him and not in a system. Your faith is in Him. Your faith is not, should not be on your own power, in your own power. Your faith should be in the one who created you. And you know God's perfect. Tap, look at, put, point your finger, like my wife does, at your neighbor and say, You're perfect in the sight of God. And when I use the word perfect, I mean you're complete. Don't nothing else need to be added. Say Amen some things need to be subtracted but don't nothing need to be added god's going to take care of the subtractions by the way you go you got to deal with the subtraction but everything that god did he did it good your peanut head is a perfect to god hallelujah to God. your straight hair that you can't keep a curl in is perfect to god your head that you can't keep a curl out is perfect to god your slumped shoulders god he, he knew what he was doing your square he knew and maybe you're more round and tall god god delighted in the variety of what he created don't you let the culture of anybody else tell you any different. And Jesus sits around that table, he makes that illustration, I takes the bread, that's what God is doing with our lives, he takes us, yes he does, he continues to bless us. But we also go through this cycle of breaking where things are not right. We even see things in ourselves that, that don't measure up to what God created. And, and when, we, when we do that, we have an opportunity now the so, Lord, help me, this is to not pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, with, which, by the way, is impossible. Tell your neighbor, it's impossible. The Lord, here's how I want you to identify with me. We've been tracking for three years around this table. And this time, I'm gonna change what we do our way normally is to have bread and wine and we eat together that is our way that's common but this time i'm going to change it and he said something i thought was amazing this bread is my body which is broken for you so he took the bread and he broke it In other words, you can't get life until there's brokenness. I'm gonna break this for you and I'm gonna give it to you. When you consume it, he he said, take this bread and and eat it, each one of you. And then he took the cup and the the cup was wine. And yes, it was, yes, it was fermented. Tap name. It was not wine. It was not grape juice. Don't, don't, don't buy that. It was not grape juice. Now, some folks in the body of Christ want to call it grape juice because they don't want to justify the saints for drinking wine. But most of y'all are drinking wine anyway, so I ain't even good at it. <laughs> and if you're going to study the scripture, which we could do that together. We're going to have a Bible study together to show you the use and abuse of wine. There's a whole message in the, of, of the kingdom of God in the making of wine. Jesus was, not, Jesus was not fooling around. It was real wine. And he took it and he, he took the cup and he said it in this instance, take this and share it among yourselves. So that means they had a, one cup. It wasn't a bottle that they poured in everybody's glass. Look at me, saints. Are you, are you breathing? It was a cup. He took the cup. Look at it in the scriptures. Very clear. And he said, take this and share it among yourselves. Eat this bread, which is broken. That's my body, broken for you. Take this, Lord, help me. Uh, It's gonna be all right, baby. I I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it's gonna be all right. Some of you, if you understood how many germs came in your mouth every day, you would die just by the number. If you knew how many germs you picked up on your fingers every day, many of you, if you, if God showed you, you go, you just pass out right there. Tell your brother, your sister, your body is a whole lot more resilient than you know. In fact, I looked that up today. It's it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Take this cup. This cup. Now, he said something. I want you to hear it today. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. And that is huge. If you understand what covenant is. So there are are whole denominations based on covenant theology. It's such a big subject, it it, it would take us the rest of the year to even scrape the top of it. But covenant, simply, is the most serious agreement between two parties there can be. There, There are levels of covenant in the culture there were levels of covenant, for example, if you sat down and ate with somebody, this is one reason why eating together is such an awesome thing. When you, If you ate with somebody in the in the culture of Jesus' day, if you ate with them, then you were technically in covenant with them because the word covenant means eating, E-A-T-I-N-G, or cutting. The first word, eating, uh, is a word that describes when people share a meal. What's in you is in me. And since what's in you is in me, I cannot be and I will not be your enemy. If you eat what I eat, you're my friend. And in the the days of Jesus, you did not eat with your enemy. And if your enemy invited you to their table, Proverbs says, don't you put nothing in your mouth. Come to the invitation, but don't eat. Don't eat until you know that they, they become or will be your friend. Because if you ate with somebody, you were considered. That's why I said if you want to, if you wanna, if you want to keep her, if you want to keep her, it's cheaper to keep her. By the way, it is keep her, It is cheaper to keep her. Let me tell you it's cheaper to keep her these days. If you want to keep her, take her to eat. Because eating the same thing puts the same thing in both of you. And you share something. In fact, friendship in the in the New Testament was related to who you ate with. The second meaning of the word, uh, and by the way, if you ate with a friend, you know, we are so today, oh God help us. It was so common to eat, if you drank out of someone's cup, that that meant oh yeah. yeah. And hey, all of you have been a part of fraternities and sororities, don't be tripping. Because that's part of the deal. I ain't going to eat that, but you ain't going to be a part. And then, not the it interesting? Jesus said, you want, if, you, if you don't want to eat this, then you're not a part. Woo-wee. So while I'm, I'm on the side trying to get at y'all that have a fear of eating or taking anything that anybody else had, if I got a good piece of chicken, and uh, you know, I want you to experience what I'm experiencing. So I want you to eat my chicken. I'm like, okay, you ain't got to slob over the place where I ate, but you can still eat. You know what I mean? Didn't I give you some chicken the other day? Yeah, and some mac and cheese. Yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, that was some salmon. That was the salmon. But I, I just discovered this new chicken place. Lord, he done gone off on chicken. I discovered this new chicken place. <laughs> It's called the Peach Cobbler Cafe. Oh, yeah. You know about the Peach Cobbler Cafe? Yeah. I saw it for years never every day would go in. A few days ago, I went in there. Man, that chicken was so good. All it had was wings, but that was enough. Ooh, that chicken. I like it when it, it's crispy, it's, it's not too salty, and it got that little, little burn on the end. Look, just enough pepper, whatever it is, just to let you know, hey, it was wonderful. Hurry up, Flynn, you got to give this too to the people. The second word for covenant is barif. It means to cut. That's the most serious form. The tribes of those days, all of them, used it. They didn't know about Jesus, but they all used covenant. Because if we are a tribe, a tribe is a conglomerate of families, and we want protection. Then we, we, we and there's another tribe over here, and we wanted to protect each other, or pr- protection, we would come together in covenant so we would not be each other's enemy. So if anybody came against me, I got an ally. If anybody came against them, they got an ally. Covenant Covenant is why before there were written contracts, before there were writ- written contracts, Contracts a man's word was his bond. And where does the handshake come from? Some cultures cut the wrist, put the hand together, and let the blood mingle. Other cultures take a pl- plug out of a person's thigh, go to that big vein, take that blood out, and it, from each person, and, and the, each, each leader of the tribe they would take blood from their thigh, mix it together. Ms. Toya, they stick their finger in the blood <laughs> and put it on their lips. <laughs> ooh Let me tell you what this meant. May I bleed to death if I break this cup. The Abrahamic covenant God comes and says Abraham Prepare the sacrifice He brings these animals Puts them on the altar Slices them in half And separates the half And let the blood run between the halves Abraham knew the drill If you're a king One king on the other side Another king on the other side And they would walk together Down the center of the blood aisle Blood on their feet, same blood on each feet of the bleeding animals. And they make this statement, may I be like these animals that are split to pieces if I break this covenant. Good God Almighty. It is a serious thing, well, nothing more serious than that. God knew Abraham did not have what it took to keep covenant with God. God, I'm going to make a covenant with you, Abraham. You've obeyed me. i will make a covenant with you. But I know you don't have what it takes. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to put you to sleep over here and give you a vision of flax and a burning furnace. And one represents you and one represents me. And that burning furnace and the flax will walk in between. In other words, Abraham, I'm going to walk that walk for you. So if you break that covenant, I will take the blunt of it. What? That covenant thing was serious. It's the same kind of relationship when you say, I now pronounce you, where's Mary? Alonzo. Are they still honeymooning? Must be. As my wife said, get all the honey out the moon. Amen. I now pronounce you, what? husband and wife. That means that you now share the same blood. So the covenant is ratified in their union that blood is exchanged. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Covenant is as deep as it gets. God binds himself to you. God promises he can swear by no other. He swears by his own name. He, he binds himself to you. When you say, Lord, I believe you, then God's okay, you're mine. Now I know you're weak in being able to keep what you you said, but my son has already kept it for you. So when you mess up, I'm going to see my son. And in the meantime, I'm going to strengthen you. Man, that's like, Oh my Jesus sitting at the table is the actual one who's going to do this. He is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He is the one whose blood was on the doorpost and on the lintel so that all of Egypt could Egypt could release and all of Israel would be free to go. A lamb for every house. Jesus Today, he remains the same. And, he, and instead of having us go slit a lamb's throat, instead of us having to slit our wrist, and, and, and instead of going through all those rituals, he says, What I want you to do, I want you to have faith in what I have actually, in this instance, what I'm about to do for you. You don't get it all right now, just obey me. You'll get it later. So take this cup, take this bread. It's my body broken. Why a broken body? So you can get the blood. Then drink the blood. Why why, why, why the blood? Because in it has life. Did you know how powerful your blood was? Your blood gives protection. Your blood gives help. Your blood gives healing to your body. Scientists now can take your blood by powerful microscopes and look and see the nature of your whole life but out of your blood. What you've been eating, how much you shouldn't be eating, what diseases you got or going to get, By your blood. You go get a, a, a checkup from the doctor. If they don't take blood, they ain't done nothing. you got to look at that blood. Today, when we eat and we drink, remember everything that we needed from God. Everything that we needed from the Lord even the restoration of your family even those who don't believe even those who are estranged God by the power of that blood has a power and you must allow him the right to change it it's so incredibly awesome until Jesus sitting there with his disciples He said, every time you do this, I want you to remember me. Every time you engage in this covenantal act, remember me and proclaim. That's what it says in in, in, in the first Corinthians, in that first Corinthians 11th chapter, when you do this, you proclaim, you preach. Literally, that's what the word means. You proclaim, you preach. The living Christ. Many of you don't preach because you don't have the power to preach because you have not understood what this is. You don't talk about him, you keep him silent. It's by your mouth that the kingdom of God comes. It's by your mouth that deliverance comes. It's by your mouth that salvation comes. And it comes to those who you know. Who do you think you are? Do you not know that God when really He made you a son and a daughter. He made you a prognosticator, a preacher of the gospel. Oh, you may not stand in a pulpit. You may not even be in a class. But I promise you, every one of those who have drank this cup and understood it and eat this bread and you understood it, your life transforms so God Almighty now once you were darkness, now he makes you light. You walk out the door, his light is walking out the door. You go home, his light is coming in the home. You go to work, his light done gone to work. You don't understand, maybe you have not understood the power of this. When you speak his word, it's the power of his blood that makes that word effective. So, well, I, I, I'm sick. Okay, drink the blood. So that that no one can take this recording and put it out of context. We're talking about drinking the cup. Which Jesus says is my blood. Eat the bread. It's not cannibalism. No. The bread, by faith, becomes his body. The blood, by faith, the the fruit of the vine, by faith, becomes his blood. For real, though. If you don't believe it, look at the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians and read that last part from verse 27 that I just uh, started with. When you do this in the wrong attitude and for the wrong motivation, it causes dire circumstances occur in your life because you 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 do this unworthily uh the phrase that the lord has been giving me for the last several weeks is my body the body my body needs the fear of the lord we've not been effective out there because we've not had the fear of the lord The Apostle Paul was speaking in a way, if you read the 10th and 11th chapter of, of, of 1 Corinthians, he was imparting the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not negative. The fear of the Lord, let me be clear, the fear of the Lord is deep reverential respect and honor that you were giving to him in worship as we started. But it's also deep reverential, deep reverential honor given to him when we are faced with sin and and temptation and evil. We love him more than we love evil. We, In fact, the fear of the Lord can be defined in the scripture. Hate, to hate wickedness and unrighteousness. But to love hmm, what God loves. So there's a proper place for hatred in your life. It's not towards people. It's toward the stuff that displeases God. And it is powerful. And if you have the courage, look at the scriptures that say the fear of the Lord and see what comes attached. Many of you have not crossed over from poverty to riches because you don't have the fear of the Lord. You're still hooking and crooking, wheeling and dealing, slipping and sliding, dipping and tipping. When we live righteously before the Lord, by faith. Man, I don't want to do anything that messes with my relationship with God. I want to repent from anything that obscures my walk with the Lord, my relationship with God, my conversation with God, my prayer with God. I want to make sure there is nothing between me and God. That's why Paul said, before you drink this and eat it, Wait on each other for just a bit so you can go get your heart. Get your heart right. Look at you and say, get your heart right. <laughs> get your heart right. I'm not talking about a guilt trip. You did something that did something that displeases God in your life, then when we take a moment here, the Lord is right there. Matter of fact, he didn't go anywhere. Whatever we whatever you did, he stayed right there. He was watching every bit of it. In fact, he was watching it play through your mind for you did it. Are you breathing? And you know what's awesome about God? He went nowhere. He stayed right with you. If you're a witness to what I'm saying, lift both hands to the Lord right now. If you're a witness to what I'm saying that, yeah, that's true. Jesus loves me when I'm good. Yeah, but Jesus also loves you when you're bad. It's not the bad that he's worried about. It's the, it's the fact that we like bad. That's what he wants to change. He wants, us to, he wants to show us the end of bad, uh, the end of evil, and you, then you will have a disgust for it. Some of you, if you knew the end of your pathway that you took in earlier days, you never would have took it, taken it. The Lord wants to show you the negative side of the, of the good feelings that lead, that are sinful, that are against him. He wants to show you the, what happens as a result. And then you, 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 you thank him for his grace that you know that now. I don't have to experience that now. I don't have to go that way anymore. And I can be forgiven for all the ways that I went that were away from him. With those hands raised to the Lord. Whatever you need, whatever you need to say to God. Whatever you need to get right with the Lord. And when we take this cup and drink, when we drink this cup and eat this bread, we ratify our covenant with Him. That's why when a man and a woman continue to be in love and in connection with each other, they're ratifying their marriage. Anything that gets between you and that needs to go. It's evil. Anything that comes between you and your heavenly Father. Father, in Jesus' name I pray for these who are before you now. For you know the secrets of our hearts. You know the intents of our will. And I'm asking you, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you cleanse us of wrong motives. Cleanse us from Fear. Cleanse us from laziness. Cleanse us from small thinking. Cleanse us from jealousy. Pour your magnificent love over us. Let fresh commitment to serve you come alive in our heart again. Let guilt be gone. I thank you for this. And I thank you Lord for releasing your power. For releasing your power as we partake of this table. We are your family. And I thank you that your grace extends to the family you've given us that every one of them will be saved and none of them will be lost this powerful tool today we enact in the name of Jesus oh God we thank you so much for the sacrifice of your son thank you for cutting yourself for us Pouring out your life for us. We we thank you, Lord, today that this cup is the new covenant in your blood, which is poured out for many. Thank you for giving us responsibility to reach to the many and power to do so. Thank you, Father, that this bread is your body, broken for us, that everything in our body may be whole. No matter where we are in life, no matter how young or old we are, whole because of the power of the blood and this bread. In Jesus' name, the body said, Amen. As they take their places with these elements, as they take their places, I want you to think about it God reviving his family, securing them, and empowering them. To get the rest of the family that's not yet received the gospel and if anything would hinder that in your life I want you to see that when you dip this when you dip this not yet John not yet just take your place over there thank you when you when you when you dip this bread in the cup and you're taking this I want you it's a choice it's faith in what Jesus said my body my blood take it <laughs> let it be the cleansing empowering let it be in you what God says his life in you <laughs> some of you have been afraid of your own power <laughs> may God give you grace to release that amen standing face the front aisle and face the second aisle the second aisle the third aisle the third aisle aisle, face the fourth aisle the fifth aisle face face the sixth aisle and so on so everybody's facing somebody And, and and by the way do you see those gaps these how many raise your hand if you see those gaps all right in the name of Jesus by the end of the year I want every all these gaps filled will you agree with me I, w- I, want, I want you to agree that all these gaps will be filled. Will you agree with me? If you'll agree with me, clap your hands and give him praise if you'll agree with me. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, are you passing that out? Uh, you might be a little Oh, you already chose the leader of your group. Oh, you're so good. Go, go across the aisles and form some groups, okay? Form some groups. Um, like three groups per, per, per aisle. Yeah. Are you there? If you're not in a group, make yourself, get yourself in a group. Lord have mercy. I told you it's better to eat with somebody. Don't be eating by yourself. In fact, I love it when the body of Christ will get so mature that we can feed each other that's awesome that's awesome point to the leader in your group one two three point to the leader of your group one more time one two three point to the leader whoever got the most fingers that's the leader who got the most fingers in this group you did bless you amen leaders go and retrieve the elements from whatever is nearest you and bring it back to your group. And then when you have it, let the leader hold that cup and that bread and break off a piece of bread and you're going to stick that in, not your fingers, you're going to stick that in the cup. Get a healthy piece of bread. Don't take half, but get, get a healthy piece of bread. Some of y'all, the soul, like. Lift that bread up. Lift that cup up. Father, in the name of Jesus, this bread and this cup, bread is your body. This cup is your blood. We take it in remembrance and we proclaim, we preach the gospel. Thank you for the power to do so. Now I want you to take that bread and dip it in the cup each of you if you have done that already let's commune together